2021. Welcome to another episode of Tuxedo Time, podcast edition, Shirley Temple edition, 2021 edition. <laughs> 2021, cheers to, cheers to goodbye, good riddance, 2020, and cheers to hello, 2021, which is probably going to be as bad as 2020. No, Hopefully that's not. not. A very, that's a very pessimistic way to look at things. What Pes- did I tell you this morning? Your pessimistic peckham. Yep. <laughs> also, shout out to Pete's Pirate Life for these uh, whiskey glasses. Pretty dope. Oh, these are Pete's glasses, aren't they? They are. They've got the Pete's Pirate Life logo on the bottom of them. They're so sweet. I almost just picked it up. Hey, look at this. <laughs> did we do the intro? Welcome to another edition of Tuxedo Time, where we were tuxedos and it is time. Podcast edition. Today, we're talking about... I already did it. The new year. I did it already. I did a second take, just in case. Were you here? No. Earth to Peckham. Earth to pessimistic Peckham. So 2021, when people listen to this, it will now be 2021. Yeah, 2021. Welcome to the new year, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's complaining on the podcast, like, do you have to swear? And I feel like this podcast, like, A, it's rated explicit on Apple Podcasts because I swear as much. But also, can I just have one outlet where I can say fuck and not censor it? You can do whatever you want. That's right. 2021, 20, no rules. But for me, I am a good boy. I don't swear. That's the funniest shit I ever heard. <laughs> 2021, man. So like last year was a bit of a shit show. We both made it out. Okay. So funny story though. I could die on my 36th birthday. Can we stop? I don't want to talk about death. Somebody was like, it wouldn't be a podcast episode if Kristen drive Becky to the brink of insanity. Every Truth. single episode. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. I mean, I'm turning 36 tomorrow. Yeah. Tomorrow. Well, see, you're listening to this in the future. Yeah. So the future is if I survive into the new year, mm-hmm. I will be 36. Crazy. But funny story. Yeah. Is that I convinced myself that I had lost a year. <laughs> you so, were convinced okay. you were going to be 37. I, I, yeah. Convinced. To the point where I convinced you that you're a year older. I was like, dude, I'm 33. You're like, no, no, you're 34. You're 34. I was like, dude, what the fuck? I was like, I'm pretty sure I know how old I am. I'm 33. And then you're like, definitely not. Definitely not. I'm 37. You're 34. And then I started panicking. I was like, oh my God, do I have one year to, to like do all the things I want to do before I have to have children, before my ovaries dry up and fall out of my vagina. Because yeah, 35 is like, just because I told you one day that 35 was considered advanced paternal age, you're now like, oh, 35 Panicate. is my deadline for kids. <laughs> yeah, I'm like we're nervous. There's no magic number. It's just like what you always say. It's not like three is a magic number. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not like you leave the milk in the fridge up to the expiration <laughs> date and all the little bacteria are on the side like, all right, boys, jump in. Water's fine. <laughs> That's honestly what I thought happened. Like, to milk eggs like when the, when the expiration date hit it was done like they they jumped in and my dad said that one year he was like they don't just jump in but um i feel like 2020 i really um pushed the envelope of uh expiration dates oh you totally did totally yeah, yeah. like stuff that i would normally just be like nope throw it out i'd be well, like well this was like this is sell by this date you used to throw stuff away before the expiration date. You're like, oh, this has got only a few days till the expiration date. I better throw it out. That's not true. <laughs> it's 100% I throw true. throw it out on the ex- expiration date. No, 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 yes. no, no, no. You went <sighs> premature on the expiration dates before. Maybe like by a day. But I forgot, I didn't get to tell them about my- Oh, I'm sorry, sorry. I got really distracted. Yeah. <laughs> no, so I was, because pa- patients will ask me oftentimes, how old are you? Yeah. And my, I always put them on the, on the spot and make them guess right. and make them awkward just because if they're going to ask an awkward question, I might as well make them feel awkward about it. Yeah. <laughs> so like you would. Then they start flushing, you put them on the spot and then they're like, looking at your, then you, then as when they're like flubbing back and forth, like, uh, uh, and I'm like, see, now you're going through your head doing mental math. You're thinking, okay, well he's at least done four years of undergrad. He's at least on a four year medical degree. Oh, he did a five year residency. Oh, so you torture Plus, your patients as well. Correct. Yeah. And even, no, no. Only if they ask me awkward questions like that. Okay. So if they're gonna if they're gonna if they're gonna say you look twelve and how old are you you old enough to be doctor are you doing my surgery does your, does your mother know you're here <laughs> <laughs> got that one a few times anyway uh, yeah so we're just it's just a bit of fun mm-hmm. um, and they laugh about it but yeah so I was this last month basically since since November yeah a month before my birthday I was always telling patients that I was thirty five okay because I I am thirty five right. Okay. But then I started saying, oh, I was, I'm 36 because it's like my birthday was within a month. Right. December 27th. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I start, 
I added that month that I forgot that I added that year. And then I just started identifying as 36. And then you panicked. And then I realized, then I thought on my birthday, I was gonna be 37. Yeah. And then I started like, oh my God, wait a second. I'm old. But it never dawned on me that I added a whole year. I just lost track. Well, you started panicking too, because you were like, oh my God. And then you said the other day, you were like, I'm 33. And I'm late a second. No, we're, 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 we ping between two and three years apart number wise, because you're two and a half years younger than me. Right. So when when I said, I was like, wait, no, no, I'm 37. The youngest you can be is 34. (laughs) I was just like, oh my God, what the fuck? Anyway. So that's, uh, well, see, you really shaked me up because when you turned 30, you had a really tough time with 30. And when you turn 30, every birthday, you say, I said, oh, what are you, 32, 33? You'd be like, I'm 30 every year. No, I said so, 29. 29, that's 29 what it was, 29. So you had a hard time with 30. So uh, at 33, 32, 34, like I never knew what age you were because you kept saying you're 29. <laughs> and I'm not good at math. So like I'm trying to count. And I'm like, shit, is you're he 35 or, or is science. he 36? True. <laughs> anyway, it's all about how you how you how old you feel, right? I feel twenty seven. Your dad says he feels doesn't feel any different than when he was in his twenties. No, I feel like I, inside I'm stuck at twenty seven because I feel like twenty seven was an age where I was like, oh, I feel like I'm kind of who I am now, and I'm kind of a grown up and an adult, and I'm experiencing living away from home and like having a house and all these things, and so I felt like that was kind of like the brink of. Boop. Well, I wasn't living, I was living in, we were living in our house, not living in Vancouver. I think I was 30 when we moved away. Wait, how old am I? What's math? Time, time dilation. I have no idea. Um, But we wanted to talk about. um, Oh my God, I was so going on a rocket ship, approach the speed of light and come back and you'd be an old woman. You'd be so cute. You'd be so cute too with like, you were old and I went in and approached the speed of light and your butt would be super cute and saggy and your cheeks, but you'd be still really skinny. You wouldn't do that. You'd be afraid to go to space. Yeah, fuck going to space. I would jump at the chance to go to space. I know I'll go to space right now. Someone's like, Chris, I'm going to, I got a a ticket to the rocket ship to space. Let's do it. I'd be like, 100%. I don't know you, but I will go. Oh my God. Please don't. (laughs) Brink of insanity. (laughs) I would love to go to Mars, actually. No. Elon Musk, I don't agree with a lot of the shit that you say on the internet. I think you're the epitome of Dunning-Kruger. Jesus. But- Wow, what a burn, bye. If, you if you're looking for an interventional radiologist to go to Mars, oh my I will God. temporarily set aside my differences in opinion that you have. Jesus, bye, what a burn, <laughs> Jesus. All right, well, anyway. Uh, put, put, put a link in the show notes what Dunning-Kruger looks like, the graph. Okay. Um, every time we talk about show notes, if you guys are new to the podcast, just started listening or just started tuning in on YouTube, we post everything we talk about, like photos, links, videos, like past episodes of the vlog like if we talk about it in the podcast it's probably going to be linked in the show notes which is on our website and our website is beckyandchris.com the podcast is just slash podcast and then you can just find the episode number so everything creative for somebody who's considers himself creative well, what is it supposed to be like? I'm just kidding. I'm just like trying to. I'm just trying Becky to drive you to the sanity. Vocal show. Vocal show. Oh my god, that should have been the name of the podcast. Vocal show. We had a little jingle. Welcome to the vocal show. <laughs> you sing it just like that, exactly. But yeah. I auto tune it. So it'd be like, <laughs> oh god, Lord. So 2021, we're going into the new year, and um, it's it's interesting. I feel like. Um, this time of the year, usually like, you know, around Christmas, after Christmas, I find myself like, I don't know if it's like the forced break or if it's like the brink of a new year, but I always find myself like feeling inspired. And part of me thinks it might be like the step away from social media and just like watching different types of content movies and stuff. But then also this has been happening to me since I was a kid, but yeah, it's like, I get all of these ideas and I want to start all these projects like around this time of the year. I keep hitting my mic. Sorry. And yeah, it's just really weird. And it happens every year. It's happened again, despite the shit show that was 2020 and the weird Christmas that was this Christmas, not being home, um, not being able to see anybody, but I'm still getting like that, riding that weird um, motivation wave in this like between. Oh, that'll be over by the first week of 2021. Yeah, I'm sure it will. <laughs> but, you know, I, and this is the time of year I start thinking about like what I want out of the, the following year. And this year is like really different because, you know, um, as we've seen last year, everything was super like bad. And I am struggling because I'm a person who likes to goal set and plan my year a little bit. And how do you plan for a year with no plan? Like, 
we're going into this new year and it's like the virus is still a thing and yeah the vaccine is here but now there's a mutation and like people are saying you know spring is when everyone's going to be vaccinated but then more likely it's going to be february people saying that i I think people are saying like spring summer is when people are going to be vaccinated but like i don't think anything is going to be near close to normal until like late fall like in terms of travel and stuff yeah i think what are your what's your take on all that i think that you're i think you hit on a point that it's the uncertainty that a lot of people have issue with, mm-hmm. you know, like if someone says, here's the end date, suck it up. You can, you can do anything for this long. I think most people would be able to deal with that. Yeah. But that's but the, the thing. There's no open endedness of it. Like right. I'm everybody remember back to like early spring, like March, say Mar- mid March, mid to late March last year, 2020. Yeah. Mm-hmm. People like people were still saying, "Oh, well, maybe you know, I'll I'll just delay my travel plans until like maybe the summer." Right? Like we all thought, like, "Oh, this is going to be over by the summer." Yeah. And for a lot of people in other countries, it was. Yeah, because they behaved. Yeah, <laughs> but Americans don't like to be told what to do because it's they they make they they equate that with freedom. Right. Which to me makes no sense because I have less freedoms now. My, my U S passport is worthless. Yeah. And it was just ironic because it used to be an American passport would get you anywhere. Right. But I have less freedoms now than I have ever had in my life. Mm-hmm. And it's because of people thinking they, they want to exercise their freedoms. It's, it's, it's the epitome of irony. Right. But with that said, it's the unknown and the inability to predict what's going to happen in the future. Right. I think things are looking up though. If, oh, I had, if I had to guess, I would say that the vaccine will slowly continue to get rolled out. I don't think they're going at a rate nearly enough right now to hit their targets. Right. They wanted to have a, a lot more done before the end of the year. They're not going to mm-hmm. probably not going to hit that goal. And there's a lot of logistics involved that's very complex, you know, like how to store the vaccine, how to efficiently distribute it to the masses. I heard Dippin' Dots is going to come through for, for the <laughs> I, vaccine. I, I, I didn't read the article, but I saw the headline and I thought that was amazing. Yeah, <laughs> like, Dippin' Dots are wicked. I think it was the tweet along with it was, I always knew, dot, 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 the Dippin' Dots uh, would be the savior of the world. <laughs> dot, 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 I never lost faith. <laughs> so good. Yeah, it was great. But yeah, I mean, eventually it's going to get rolled out. Yeah. And to ho- and and my, my statistically speaking, I think it will be something that will quote unquote, defeat COVID and allow us to more or less get back to the things that we like doing. Right. We may probably still be wearing masks. I'm totally fine with wearing masks. Yeah. And actually love it. We may still try to like, kind of just like, I may be less inclined to shake hands with people. Or hug people. Yeah. It's like, I'm okay with those things. Yeah. Because honestly, I mean, I just didn't like shaking hands anyway to begin with. Yeah. It's kind of gross. Kind of. As a germaphobe, (laughs) it's like, I actually, we were talking about this earlier. It's like, Um, we were talking about how, like, if you get a cold, you're probably not protecting yourself well enough for COVID. Right. Um, but the, the greatest thing is like, when I get colds, I get so sick. Like I am bedridden for a a common cold and Chris (laughs) won't even get it. He might get a sniffle. I'm done for in the bed for like three days. Can't breathe. Everything is just like stuffed and pains. And, um, so this year I'm like, wow, like I'm, wearing my mask. I have hand sanitizer in my car, in my pocket everywhere. Wash my hands as soon as I come in. The two happy birthdays. Everything gets wiped down. And knock on wood, I haven't gotten a, a cold all year. Yeah. And you, you usually would have been, both of us would have been sick at least once or twice already. Yeah. And even like my fear of, of like the stomach flu as well. Like I, I know of people who will be like, oh, like my kids all have the stomach flu. So I'm just coming out shopping because I need to get out of the house. And I'm like, you realize you're carrying the virus and spreading it to everybody. Well, that was your view before the pandemic. It was. Yeah, it was. Because you were like, are you an idiot? Why are you here? Go the fuck home. Yeah. I never understood why people who had kids at home with the stomach flu would go outside to like the, to just go shopping and touch everything. Yeah. It's inconsiderate. It's inconsiderate. It's like you tomorrow you're going to be vomiting and shitting yourself. (laughs) And now you've, you've, put everybody at risk and now we're all going to be vomiting and shitting ourselves. But so, then to also like to publicly uh, like ex- ex- uh, express that yeah. as if there's not a problem with it. Yeah. It's like, I understand that you're like, it sucks to be home and you're dealing with sickness and you you want to get out, but like go sit on your patio. But that's coming from you from a person who has emetophobia, like yeah. literally you have a phobia of vomiting. Right. So for you, that's like a nightmare. Mm-hmm. And for somebody that doesn't realize that they might not think it's a big deal. Yeah. But people getting sick sucks. Yeah does suck. Yeah. And, and so now I'm like, if I start to feel like nauseous, I'm like, okay, well there's a high chance I don't have the stomach flu. So it's probably either something I ate, got grief from the aval that I took or <laughs> just my normal stupid anxiety stuff. Yeah. But 
it's funny that you mentioned before about people who are, are getting sick still. Yeah. Like I have people I work with and they'll have like a stuffy nose or like a cold. I'm just like, hmm. I'm like, I'm just like, if you are getting sick right now, even though it's not COVID, that means that you are totally susceptible and are to more, COVID, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like COVID is, is likely more virulent than what you have and oh, yeah. you still caught something. So you are not performing appropriately. Wash your hands, wear your mask, stop seeing people. Cause I see you yeah. out eating with people yep. out in the open. Yeah. It's like indoors. Mm-hmm. It's like, Oh, we wear a mask. It's like, you take the mask off when you eat and you're projecting spittle yes. when you're eating. Do you see how many talking. food particles fall out of people's mouths when they're talking and eating? And then to sit across the table from a person who's not inside your bubble to exchange saliva with them and God knows where they've been. Mm. It's like, God. But anyway. Anyway, this isn't about, this, this no. has evolved into a coronavirus yeah. vlog <laughs> right. or a podcast. So going back to, you know, planning for the year because I had all of these like, um, projects that I wanted to do in 2021. And of course, you know, a lot of those projects got put on hold for a year or two years because of the, the pandemic. And honestly, like I, I had a hard time with that, which it, it, you know, there's bigger problems in the world than your projects getting canceled. But, um, there were things that I was really looking forward to. And I think that when I like kind of step back and realize that, oh shit, like it's probably going to be two or three years until you're going to be able to do this. Um, I kind of like got a little bit, I think that was like kind of the start of my like to fall into like this like depressive kind of state this year, like all alongside all of the grief, the stages of the grief, I think that came along with COVID and the realization of everything and people dying and scariness of you going to work every day. But um, so now it's like 2021, but I don't want to say this year is the year I'm going to do it because COVID and things that are happening in the world are like out of my control and I don't want to get my hopes up only to be disappointed again in May or June when I can't do said project um, and then get discouraged. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Well, looking at it in a sense that it's not in your control, I mean, you're always one to make goals that are in your control. Right. And not making goals like you tweeted the other day, stop making goals about subscriber counts and or followers or metrics that you have or views or watch time you have no control over those metrics yeah it's so when you make your goals about numbers like that you just completely set yourself up for disappointment it's like every like I've seen people who are like oh my goal is like this many subscribers and then they're sad because the end of the year comes around and they're not close to that it's like you can't I mean if you want to buy subscribers don't do that but like that's kind of like unless you buy them you're not in control of them. No. And you can pull as many levers and as many clickbait titles and as many SEO tricks and, you know, follow the trends. How about putting the ass in the thumbnail? You could put the ass in the thumbnail. That's a pretty good one, right? I hate that. (laughs) God. Yeah, you can't control, like, the numbers. You You could do everything right. Make the videos about whatever's trending, the iPhone, the new whatever, and making three videos a week and top quality stuff. And, like, you can't, or, like, they might come or they might not come. It's like betting on a lottery. Yeah. So <laughs> it's I, like putting, it's like basing your feelings of success and well-being on if you win the lottery or not. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it's like. Mm. So I always think like, don't, your goal for the year shouldn't be like a hundred s- subscribers or a hundred thousand subscribers by the end of the year. It should be something that you can control. Like I'm going to make a hundred videos this year or I'm going to learn how to color grade. And by the end of the year, I want to be able to color grade like this movie or like something specific like that. I want to learn how the ins and outs of how my camera works. And by six months from now, I want to be able to shoot manual. Like that's a goal because you control that. Right. But saying like, I want to hit a thousand subscribers on YouTube. Like you, you can't control it. I want to get a hundred views or I want to get like a million views on this video. Like it's impossible to be able to predict or control that. Yeah. and the, But the funny thing is, is that if you make more of those realistic attainable goals, like I want to make a hundred videos by the end of the year, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's like two videos a week, basically. Right. Then you're, you, a, there's a higher chance that you'll hit that. that. You'll hit some random metric goal just because you've put the work in. Exactly. A hundred percent. And then you're like, that's just a bonus. You've hit your goal and uh, you've like learned something along the way. And you're probably a lot mentally a lot better off 
yes. because you're not to constantly the, disappointing yourself, becoming a slave to the algorithm. Right. Well, you and I kind of go, we have like different ways of setting ourselves up for like a new year or whatever. Like we don't set resolutions. I think resolutions are stupid. Um, I ne- my goals- they don't give gifts. They don't make new year's resolutions. <laughs> I never like bah humbug. Yeah, no, we are. But going back to like resolutions and goals, like we don't set new year's resolutions. We set goals, but we have kind of like different philosophies on goal setting even. And like for me, goal setting is like super important. Um, but why don't you talk about like how you why don't, work? Yeah. I mean, I, I set goals probably only on the large scale. Yeah. Like I want to, like when I was a kid, it was like, I want to go to medical school. That was my goal, mm-hmm. you know, or like during residency, I want to fly helicopters. I just decided that's what I want to do. That became a goal of mine. Right. And that wasn't something that you could just do over like the next couple of days and have it done. It's not like, oh, I'm going to clean my room. Right. You know, that was something that took a little bit more planning, mm-hmm. um, which funny enough, um, I got in the mail the other day, my box from Robinson helicopters. Yeah. How which, crazy is that? Yeah. So I pulled for people who didn't or didn't see my Instagram story. It was, they sent me uh, a couple calendars for 2021 and in it was, uh, a, they featured one of Becky's photos and it was shot in Carpoon Island on our cold Island trip in Newfoundland. And it was me walking up the helipad, holding my camera, walking towards our helicopter um, and it was kind of just at sunset. It was kind of like a silhouetted shot. Yeah, it was like a silhouetted shot. And it, I kind of had this realization that, you know, in like five years ago in 2015, when I got kind of like, I think I said the way I word it was bitten by the helicopter bug. Yeah. When like I just became obsessed with helicopters and like loved the idea of being able to fly them and and go on adventures with them. You know, never did I know, never in my wildest dreams in five years, I'd be like, oh, okay, here's a photo in the Robinson helicopter official calendar. calendar. Yeah, yeah. They like they, cause they hit me up on Instagram. They're like, Hey, can we use this photo for our calendar? I was like, yeah, sure. So I sent them the high res version. Ironic, funny enough, they actually used the low res version, but anyway, so um, sad. it is sad, lost opportunity, but anyway, you know, <laughs> JPEG That's artifacting right. aside, yeah. uh, it was still cool to see literally me in that helicopter with our helicopter. And if you told me tw- like five years ago, like, Hey, by the way, in, in five years in 2020, you're going to see yourself in this calendar. Yeah that was officially produced by Robinson Helicopters, I would have not believed it. I would have been like, get out of here. That's crazy. Yeah. And also shot in Newfoundland, like our home province. Right. Yeah. It was yeah. just, I, it was just, it was just something that was kind of, to me, just kind of, it, it's funny because life changes so slowly mm-hmm. in most cases and you achieve your goals so slowly. So right. sometimes it's nice to look back and almost picture where you are from the, through the lens of where you came from. Yeah. And you can then, you can sort of appreciate, you know, your progress because I think a lot of times it's hard to, and it can be kind of depressing. You think you're not making any moves and you think everybody around you is like, you know, accomplishing all this stuff. And it's yeah. hard to, especially in this day and age with social media, like it's everything is comparison, comparison, comparison. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's hard to kind of really appreciate how far you've come as a person. Right. So I, I think that was kind of one of my moments. I was like, you know what? This was, would have been, I wouldn't have believed this in five years ago. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. It's sick. Yeah. Yeah. It's wicked. And it's hard to kind of like not come off as like, go braggy and all that. But like, but that was like one of your goals. You're not like uh, knowing you, like you, your goals are usually like you have one or two big ass goals, not like a ton of little ones. I'm sure you do in your head of like, Oh, this, this is a thing that I want to do. But like your routine of that is like you, you pick something big, like learning how to fly helicopters, which is not like something that people just do without research and planning, but, and and then being okay with like how long that journey is. Well, I mean like knowing. And you'll do everything in your path. You will do everything to make it happen. Like when you say you're going to do something, you do everything to make it happen. Or sometimes I'm like, Oh fuck this. (laughs) (laughs) The, for that goal in particular, like I knew it was going to be kind of a long one because I couldn't, there's nowhere on on the island that we could have, that I could have trained. Right. So I knew I had to do it when I was away and away for a long time. So I figured the only time I'm ever going to be able to do it is when I'm gone for fellowship. Right. And it would have been, it would have been really difficult for you to do it if you didn't do it that year. Anyway. So, but yeah, I I think for, for goals for me, it was, it's not just about making the goal, but it's, I just have a very obsessive personality Mm -hmm. and I kind of, and kind of analytical, I guess. Yeah. And I'll always, I'll just make a bunch of lists. Yeah. And almost like to do lists. Yeah. Yeah, to-do lists, essentially. Just big to-do lists and or like steps to get places. And this is what I have to do to get here, to get here, to get here. And that's how to accomplish this big goal. 
but that's just kind of how I naturally think. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think everybody will necessarily think that way. Right. Like, but don't, you don't write them down. No, no. I might write down my list of like things that I need to do. Like at a given time to. Yeah. I mean, I have to do lists on like, uh, like, okay, got to round on this patient. Got to write this note for this. You know, like yeah. there's, there's like to daily to do lists, yeah. but I will have like a thing in my, like I'll sometimes write down line items of, okay, in order to like accomplish this, I need to, you know, like I, I did, I did spreadsheets and cost analyses for helicopters to figure out how I need to afford this and yeah. what I need to like, what do I need to make? Uh, and then I did a lot of different scenarios too, where like, okay, we'll roll it into a business. We'll start a flight company. Like we'll how to tours. make it financially. Yeah, we'll hire yeah. A, a pilot to run the thing and then we'll have, you know, and I did a lot of, a lot of different calculations. Yeah. There was like a bunch of different like business ventures that you could have gone to like make it happen yeah. but none of those v- business ventures included moving to the u.s no <laughs> which is funny and none of them included starting a youtube channel like we did yeah so it never actually it didn't really pan out the way i thought it was going to but you went through the motions and planned and you basically set yourself up to start the steps like you knew like if i'm going to go deep into this like i can make my money back by doing either this this or this yeah but it gives you an understanding of not just the costs associated and how the industry kind of runs. Mm-hmm. Um, but it gives you a deep understanding of, of how that all that culture works. Yeah. And you know, you're going to be, it's going to be something you're immersed in. So you kind of need to know it inside out anyway. Right. So it's kind of like what we were saying before about like, don't just set the goal for a hundred thousand subs, set the goal for, I want to make a video and do your set a goal of you actually doing the work. Yeah. And you'll eventually get there. Right. Just because you've done the work. Right. Yeah. But sure. I think you 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 kind of set goals a little bit differently. You've always, in fact, you've always been somebody who actually writes their goals down. I have to. Yeah. I'm like, I'm, I feel like I have too many penguins on the iceberg in my head. <laughs> and I, if I don't write it down, I, I won't remember or forget, but I also some, find. Some one of those penguins got to jump off if you put another one there. Exactly. Mm. But I also find that like when my head gets foggy, like looking at the goals I wrote down when my head was clear, like helps, helps clear the path to like what I need to do. Right. You have a reference. Right. So, um, I growing up, uh, my mom forced me to do a bunch of like leadership camps over the summer, (laughs) which sucked for an introvert, but I did them. And, um, because I did all of this stuff, like when I was in college, this is like kind of a sidebar, but I'll get around to the point in a minute. But, um, when I was in college, I, I competed in skills Canada, which is like a trades and technologies competition. I competed in graphic design. And because I think I was involved with all these things, like growing up over the summer, like doing these leadership camps and, you know, lifeguarding and, and working my way up through that, I kind of got a little bit bent with skills and, you know, it was training and I wanted to win. And, um, Ended up competing like at a national level twice and I did bronze and silver um, one so year. Skills and- Canada is a trades competition for anybody who doesn't know. It's basically trades and technologies. Yeah. Um, so there's like a competition in graphic design. There's welding, car painting, aero. And they have high space, school level and then they have post-secondary level. level. Yeah. yeah. And so I competed in the college college level um, in graphic design. So And then they have a regional, like a provincial state, basically the equivalent of what would be a state level competition yeah, and then a national competition. Right. So I won both years in St. John's in Newfoundland, the Newfoundland, the provincial competition. Mm-hmm. And then I ended up going away for the, both of the national competitions, taking bronze the first year and silver the second year. Um, but after that I was done, I couldn't compete anymore cause I wasn't in college anymore, but. And you know, it's funny though, what? as an aside, before we knew each other, mm-hmm. I competed in you the did. TV video production skills, Canada competition for you high did. school. That's so funny. And one provincially and then competed nationally and got bronze nationally. Yeah. Isn't that funny? That's so funny. Before we knew each other, I'd already competed in skills. Well, and one of my friends, um, one of my closest friends actually from college that I met was also competing in skills that year for, on the college level. And you were there and she remembers you guys being shit disturbers in the airplane and somebody <laughs> shitting in a KFC bucket and putting it in the fridge. That was not me. <laughs> yeah, that was not yeah. me. Anyway, but um, so after, after I competed and I couldn't compete anymore, I still wanted to be involved with the organization. So I was sat on the board of directors for Skills Canada, um, Newfoundland and Labrador for a number of years as their like youth rep. Um, and then 
they had this leadership component of skills where it was like a youth leadership program where, you know, one person from each province was chosen to go or two people mm-hmm. from each province were chosen to go. And then, you know, while the competitions were going on, you would do these workshops and then you, would you know, meet with the ambassadors and the people on the board on a national level and stuff. And, you know, practice your, your handshakes and your conversations and stuff. Oh my and, God. Practicing your handshakes. Yeah. It must have been your nightmare. It was. Practicing but, small talk. Yeah. But we did like a, a number of cool activities and, and there was this one workshop where this guy came in and he um, he talked about goal setting and the way he t- taught it kind of changed the way I look at goal setting and I kind of implemented his techniques like going, you know, since then. And that was like, gosh, probably 20 thir- 2012, 2013, maybe, maybe earlier than that, actually, now that I think about it, probably 2010. Anyway, it doesn't it matter. Been way before we moved in. Yeah, it would have been. I competed 2007, 2008. So it was probably 2009, 2010 that I did that. Mm. Um, anyway, so he kind of taught it as like, you take your fearless life altering goal. So you're- Do you remember his bit, name? Stu Saunders was his name. Interesting. Ten decade later, Stu Saunders has left an impression on you. Yeah. He runs, he, I think he runs like a leadership camp, like a big camp, like okay. every somewhere in Ontario. So anyway, so um, he he kind of taught it as like, you have your big fearless life altering goal, which is like your five-year big ass goal. Ass goal. Ass goal. And, um, and I think sometimes like when you think about goal setting, you're like, I want to do this big thing. And you think you have to do it in, within that year. And that's when you kind of set yourself up for failure because you're like, I need to do it this year. And this is my big idea. So he taught it as like, yeah, you have your fearless life altering goal as your five-year goal. So say, for example, let's say... Um, because I'm, I'm a person who needs examples to, to relate it to my life. So say if your big fearless life altering goal was to make a documentary. So that was your five-year goal. And you were a person who was just starting off in video. Maybe you knew a little bit, but you wanted to start a YouTube channel, but you weren't quite there, but you knew you wanted to make this doc. So your five-year goal, big goal would be to make a documentary. And then all like from the point now to the five years, you kind of like work yourself backwards. So your, your three-year goal might be, to um, make a bunch of short films on YouTube. And then your two-year goal might be to be like, put a weekly vlog up about your life every single week. And then, you know, your one-year goal might be like uh, to work um, making a video a week into your life. Maybe your six-month goal is to learn how your camera works in and out and become an expert in that. Um, And maybe your three-month goal was like actually sitting down and starting um, filming yourself in front of the camera and your one month goal was like making a plan and what that would look like. And so you take your life altering goal and you work backwards to the point where right now where you're starting, you kind of have action items. So your first year of goals, if you're one month, six month, one month, three months, six month goals, they're kind of these little goals, these little action items that kind of set you up for this big goal five years down the line. Cause what I always found like was overwhelming was like, I'd have an idea say like, I want to start a business. And then it's like, I have to start right now. When you think about starting a business, there's so much like, do you need capital? Do you need gear? Do you need an audience? Do you need a brand? Do you need like, what are you going to do? Do you have the skills to do it? And then it becomes overwhelming. It's very daunting. It's daunting because this goal of starting a business stuck in a one year timeline doesn't work. It needs to be stuck into a three or a five. Especially year if you have skills that you have yet to develop. Exactly. That are required to be successful in said business. Definitely. And there's always skills that people don't have, whether they know they need them or not. Correct. And yeah, ha- having that all added up and not having any, it's like having a goal with no ladder to get there, with yeah. no way to get there. Exactly. And for a lot of, yeah, I guess, and I think I'm lucky enough to just to kind of, I, I, I kind of automatically will, will make break things down and how do I get there and work, do that work back schedule kind of thing. Yep. But I don't necessarily, I never really called it goal, mini goals. I just, I just considered it in my head part of the big goal. Yeah. It's kind of like, like a to-do list to get to the big goal. Yeah. It's like, I have to do these things in order to get to this goal. Yeah. That's just what has to happen. Where I look at it as, as like mini attainable goals to reach that big goal. Because I find that if I say like, okay, my goal for the next three months is to do this task. And it's an easy-ish task to accomplish. It's not like too overwhelming. And to be able to say, okay, I did this and, and scratch it off, it keeps your motivation up to continue on to the next there one. It makes you few, feel really good. few things in life more satisfying than ticking off some, a, a box on the, the to-do list. The best. 
Yes, it's so good. How many, how many, how many people out there have, have added stuff to, the, to do this that they've already done just so they can take it off? <laughs> Let us know in the comments <laughs> of, that, of the YouTube video. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so that's kind of like ever since learning that, that's kind of how I, I work my goals. And, and some years it's as intense as that, the five years, especially when we started YouTube, I had the list done. I had so many notebooks just filled with like things I'm good at, things I'm bad at, things I want to do, things I'm interested in. My five-year goal, my three-year goal, my two-year goal, my one-year, and then like three months, six months, what like broken it down evenly. And I'm sure like, and it's okay for your goals to change too. Like you could get to your th six-month goal and realize, oh wait, there's this other thing that I like bit, a bit better that kind of tweaks that five-year goal. And you can go and re rewrite your goals to like, match your destination yeah. kind of thing. Like you don't have to go through and if your trajectory changes for whatever reason, you don't have to like, just because you wrote these other goals down and you're not really interested, like, and you found a new pathway, doesn't mean you have to. Yeah. That's another mental health trap. Yes. I feel like there's like mental health traps. It's like there are, setting yeah. goals that are based on non-tangible things like, like subscriber counts. That's yep. a mental health trap. Um, setting goals and thinking that they are inflexible and that you have to keep working towards the big life altering goal, despite yeah. you not maybe realizing it. you don't even like it. Yep. That's another mental health trap because yep. and that's like my parents told me like when I was in, uh, when I first started university and they're like, Chris, you know, you don't have to go to medical school because you said you wanted to be a doctor when you were eight years old. Like yeah. that's not something you have to do. Mm -hmm. You've been doing a lot of BMX videos and a lot of, you know, making a lot of films and, you know, if you want to go into film, it's something that you're obviously passionate about. And, you know, if you want to do that, that's a career opportunity that you can do. Right. That's and really great that your parents were so supportive and like open to that type of um, career option for you as like a person who wanted to go to med school you know with the brains that you have. As somebody with a Chinese mother. Yeah. She was very outside the normal mold of, you know, you have to be lawyer, doctor, engineer kind of thing. And your mom has always been super supportive of me doing whatever I want to do. Yeah. Like in the creative world. Well, her, she always told me one time that she says, Chris, you can be successful in whatever you want to do. She says people, there will be people in any field that are good and the cream will always rise to the top. So as long as you're working hard towards something mm -hmm. and you're giving it your all, then you're going to be fine. Yeah. And Ooh, I love that. Yeah. So you, some things are, and I kind of extrapolate this part, but some things are more, uh, a higher percentage of people will be successful. And I mean, how to, d to define the term successful is, is very nebulous too. Like, yeah. And a lot of people will use money as a surrogate for success, which is a very flawed way of thinking as well. But with that said, you know, there's going to be a top percent of people in every field. And if you're good at something, you know, naturally, plus you put the work in, there's a high chance you'll, you can get there. Right. Not say you're guaranteed to get there because there's always an element of luck involved. But with that said, um, you know, she said, you don't have to do medicine if you don't want to, you can do film if you want to do that, whatever you want to do. And I kind of, um, <laughs> I was very immature at that time in my life. That was the time when I was doing intense sleepovers with my buddies and we were, oh, yeah. and we were, um, we learned how to, uh, I love how you're like, uh, uh, you're trying to f find a way to say, you suck air into your asshole and then fart. We learned how to aspirate <laughs> air into our <laughs> rectal cavities and then expel Boys. it in oh a flatulent God. manner. <laughs> and we were doing it for hours on end. It it's was a the professional way to ever. put it. And so, <laughs> and so I'm talking to Beats, so Beats, my buddy, one of my best buddies from, from uh, childhood called me actually last, last night, Chris C called Christmas me. Eve. <laughs> And, said, and we were catching up and I reminded him of that 10 sleepover and how funny it was. And this is kind of going back to like, so beats is an engineer. Yeah. Beats yeah. is a professional engineer yeah. and how we were like, how we all, we feel, we were saying how we feel so much the same age and it's all yeah. how, you, how old you feel. Like I still feel like I'm in my early twenties yeah. or in my late teen years, but I, but we feel older physically. Like we get, you know, he's like, I was riding mountain bikes the other day and I fell and, I, and an axe, an injury that I would have just popped right back up from. I couldn't, like I was out for a full week. Yeah. And then we were talking, I was like, yeah, you know what? My humor is still the same. I still find the funniest, like toilet humor funny. And we were talking about that tent sleepover. And he's like, Chris, did you realize though that I was the only one that couldn't do it? <laughs> and I was like, really? He's like, yeah, I've been beating myself up all these years. Oh my God. <laughs> and I was like, well, Beats, for what it's worth, I always thought that you were right up there with us, the best of us, ripping them all night. <laughs> and he's like, thanks, man. <laughs> anyway, I digress. Going That's back, great. but going back to the, the goal, you know, these mental health traps. Yeah. Being inflexible in your goals and thinking that just because five years ago you said you have to be making a documentary right now, you know, 
doesn't have to be the case because right. if you're going like let's say you you start doing those like, like your mini goals you start doing more uh video you start filming yourself on youtube you start learning about the cameras and you realize shit i hate trying to operate cameras like yeah. i hate the idea of 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 learning f-stops shutter speed frame rates like that yeah, all that stuff like is no just interest. like my eyes gla gla glaze over i'm just bored out of my trees yeah or you know, and that doesn't mean you can't make films because, like, if you're a director, you know, you're not a D, you don't have to be the DP. Right. But the trend nowadays is a lot of people are kind of wearing more than one hat, right? And they're starting off with a lot of like low budget stuff that starts off. You're doing a lot you're of doing those all roles. of it. You're wearing exactly. all the hats. Exactly. So, not to say you can't still be a director if you hate cameras, but you you might say, you know what, I really don't like the film industry and I don't yeah. like the idea of making these anymore. Or you just your interests just change. Yeah. You know, you no longer like it and you used to like it. Who, whatever. Well, this happened to us. We had a goal. We wanted to start a streetwear brand, and we bought the whole screen printing studio, started a side brand to oh pay God. for the streetwear brand, and then completely lost interest in streetwear. Yeah, pivoted. Completely. Yeah. And then just decided, you know what? It makes sense for us to let this go. Yeah. Because we're not passionate about this anymore. And it just, it doesn't make sense to not do something, like to go into a venture like that and spend so much money if we're just like not even into wearing that type of clothes anymore. Right, but we went all in. We did go all in. We went all in. We did. We had a full screen printing studio. Actually, full circle, me and my best buddy Beats. <laughs> one of my best buddies. Yes, he, shout out to Beats for always being there to help us with anything that was a pain in the ass. He flew to Hillsville, Virginia with me from St. John's, Newfoundland. We got one-way tickets to Hillsville, Virginia, rented a U-Haul, yeah. drove to this guy Joe's house. If who, you want to hear the full story, it's in episode one of this podcast. Is it episode one of this podcast? It's yeah, episode one or episode two. I think you'll find it. I'll leave it in the show notes, beckyandchris.com slash podcast episode 19, I think this yeah. one is. We drove to we drove the U-Haul with the screen printing studio equipment all in the back. Yeah. I, I randomly like brokered some deal with some guy in like Pennsylvania in rural Pennsylvania I sold one of the extra dryers to like help subsidize the cost. Yeah. And then like got stuck in customs for eight hours. It was crazy with a broken wrist. Cause we made it a BMX road trip. Oh, yeah. Obviously. Anyway, yeah. kind of a nuts thing, but yeah. yeah, we, we poured our heart and soul into that. We did. And we wanted to make it work and we just never eventually. Yeah. Like you said, we, we started screen printing for other people as well as started doing like t-shirts for our marketing agency. Yeah. Bold. Yeah. Bold creative. Well, and it's funny because like at the time we bought the screen printing studio and we're like, okay, we're going to have the streetwear brand, but we're going to start the, this marketing company on the side to, and we're going to screen print for people to make money to fund the streetwear brand. Right. And then as we were doing that and losing interest in streetwear, we we're like, oh wait, like this company, Bull Creative, like the branding came, the name, everything came just so easily. We didn't even overthink. We were just like, oh, the name is uh, Bull Creative. That's it. And we were like racking our brains off and what the branding was going to be for the streetwear brand for probably and a year. We could never settle. Never settle. Yeah. And it was just nothing felt right. And I then think we psyched ourselves out. I think we did too. Yeah. We were so obsessed with having like the perfect name and everything being perfect that we just, we failed to launch. Yeah. Totally. We were overthinking a hundred percent. We talk about this all the time with YouTube too. We like people think overthink, don't start. And then three years later, they're like, shit. Whereas like if you just started, you yeah. Could, yeah. You would have been in existence, but now you, you've lost that time. Right. Yeah. And then you, you lose motivation and steam on it. You know, like you kind of take the wind, the wind out of your sails with it. Right. Yep. So bold, like, I think we should do a full podcast on bold because we're at like 47 minutes now and we still have some stuff to talk about for 2021. But with bold, like the branding came so easily and then we were like, wait, this makes more sense to screen print for people, do photography and video and design for people and just have clients. And that like, and after a while, we 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 realized we didn't like screen printing and ended up letting the studio go. Well, because it was too labor intensive. It was too labor intensive and you were working. I didn't really like screen printing. And so we let that go. But Bold turned into a 10-year business for us. Right. Right? And, and, and laid the foundation for all the skills you use on a daily basis now. Yes, 100%. And while like making YouTube videos is so different than anything I did for 10 years with a business, like we still made commercial videos during that time. We did a lot of design work, a lot of packaging, a lot of billboard design. Like You did all that. A lot of interior <laughs> photography. So like these, but these are all things that now are like showing up on our YouTube channel. So it's like not wasted time, but it's funny just like, we like our goal was a streetwear company and then we realized we didn't want to do that anymore. And so we pivoted and I'm glad we did. Yeah. But I remember feeling like I was selling myself out yeah. for the longest while thinking, oh my God, like we, I said I was going to do this. And when I, I didn't say- I know gonna, you felt like that. Well, it's like when I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do, I, yeah. I need to do, you know, there was that element of that right. for sure. Same with the shoe company. Oh my God. Yeah. So funny enough, Cold Island was actually supposed to be a shoe company and we were- Like men's dress shoes. Men's dress shoes. We had like- Custom men's dress shoes. 
We even went to Spain to the factory yep. to pick out the fabrics, the materials, meet the people who were making the shoes. Yep. Handmade. Italian. Spanish. No, Spanish leather shoes. shoes. And we spent... And, and Cold Island was one that came pretty quickly. Like, the name came around quickly and the branding came together quickly and we had the look and we knew what we wanted. We had the wanted. feeling we in the, the essence. Feeling. Yeah, we knew. And... We and like I said, yeah, we went to the factory. We had the designs done, and then it, this was right before we moved to Vancouver. And we were like, you know what? I don't think it makes sense to do this right now. Right. We should wait till we come back from Vancouver because we're going to be living in three hundred and seventy square feet. I was going to fellowship. You're going to fellowship. I had way too much on my plate. I couldn't do due diligence to it. Yeah. And then like that year in Vancouver, again, our interest shifted. Yeah. And we just completely lost interest in the shoe company. You lost interest in menswear as well yep. because you were really into that for a long while. And yeah. And we were just like, you know and what? All I wear are t-shirts and tuxedos. Yeah. And exactly. my tuxedos, I mean, fans. comfy clothes. This is my Star Wars. Your Star Wars my jammies. My Star Wars matching jammies. Thank you for buying these for me. You're welcome. But and I think with that, I, I was almost a little bit relieved that we let the shoe company go because I was st super pumped on it and it was, and I was excited, but then also like there was something about it that was just like making me a bit uncomfortable, which sometimes can be a really great feeling when you're going into something. But also I was terrified starting a shoe company in St. John's, Newfoundland of like, like two or three or $400 Spanish leather. That company never would have. It, I don't think it would have worked. No, we we had too many uh, barriers. Yeah. Yeah. There were too many barriers for sure. But, and, and so we ditched that company, but we shelved the name Cold Island. And the brand and the feel. And the feel. Now, w Cold Island, you know, four or five years, whatever later, turned out to be our helicopter, five-part helicopter series. Yeah. I think, and now looking back on it, it fits that travel series way better than it fit a shoe company. A hundred percent. Yeah. We, we we took the name and actually the font and stuff, but we left behind the navy and the and the gold for more of a gray look, dusty look. Yeah, but, but I yeah. think the overall theme from from that and takeaway was it's okay to pivot your goals and abandon goals. Yes, if it's not working out, or if you don't like them, yeah. or if it's just not feeling like a good fit, or if something comes along that you prefer. Correct. That's also can be difficult for people too who start things. And then abandon them. Yeah. And ultimately feel like they're just kind of spinning their wheels. Yes. And not really accomplishing anything because they aren't, they're just changing their goals. And I think the question in those situations needs to be, are you doing that because you gen genuinely don't enjoy whatever the activity is, or you don't enjoy that idea of, of completing that goal? Or is it because you fail to make a plan and you, it's too daunting and you haven't gotten anywhere because you haven't broken it up into those smaller digestible chunks. Right. It becomes overwhelming. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's tough to say. And that's like only something like only the question that somebody can answer themselves if they re like evaluate things. So the, the, the takeaway from this is there's many reasons why one is a failure. Yes. <laughs> including it's okay us. To, it's okay. Including to us. Yeah. 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 Totally. <laughs> but you know what? Like we, we tried on all fronts and like, yeah. You know, we tried with the, the streetwear company. It didn't work, but our marketing company kind of took off. And it never was really successful, but it was it was enough to, that I could pay the bills and pay for our equipment and, and build a foundation that ultimately could have been a really successful marketing company had I continued with it yeah. if I wanted to. But that was never the goal for me to do that. Yeah. And then, you know, then came the shoe company. And I think that's why we kept trying with stuff right. because and I didn't want to run a marketing company. It just happened and it felt normal. Yeah. Um, but ra rarely will a pivot to something else make your complete journey a waste. Correct. Very, oh. very often. And yeah. every time, it, for our instances, the skills we developed in the interim mm -hmm. and the things that we learned were directly applicable or transferable skills to whatever the new goal is. Definitely. Yeah, 100%. I mean, like, if you look at all of those ventures, it's like, Okay, we picked up screen printing for the streetwear thing. We didn't want to do that, but we went through the motions of like, you know, starting a company, getting a studio space for the first time, building out a screen printing studio. And then we tried to figure out how we could make some of our money back. And we decided we didn't like it. We sold it. And then even with the marketing company, like all of the clients that I have for 10 years, like I shot a lot of different stuff and designed a lot of different stuff. And here we are a number of years later, designing our own products. Like as a graphic designer, like, you know how to design things, 
but like rarely do you get to design a full line of products for a client. And I did get to do that one time. And I think my experience is being able to brand something and design something from scratch all around, like signage, um, packaging, um, door hangers and tags and logo and t-shirts and like everything for a client is like directly transferable to like everything we're doing now. Well, I mean, I think you were lucky enough to have that background. I think most people on YouTube, they get into YouTube and then they realize they need to create a brand. Right. And it's very foreign to them. Yeah. Versus you, the idea was we create a brand first. Right. And then you launch it kind of thing. But that, that but that's all I knew when we started YouTube. Like again, like after Cold Island, the original Cold Island Shoe Company was a bit of a failure. We moved to Vancouver and then we started this YouTube channel with no intentions of ever making this a full-time job. It was just to document our life and have a, a timeline of our, our adventures. And the plan was to go back to Newfoundland and continue. Like my sister was, you know, kind of working with some of my clients and I was going to come back and continue with the free, like the freelance stuff. Um, and then, you know, things just happened to be like, oh, well, maybe this could be a thing. Um, and then I wanted to do the blogging thing. And then, so it's just like a bunch of tries, but like, like you said, like everything along the way, like we used to make these extensive videos for like b-boy competitions back home where we were like trying to tell a story and make an ad and like, how do you make the second iteration of that work with the first one? And like all of those things that we did, even if like looking back on it, they were good or they weren't good. I, you know, we'd have to look back on that with an analytical eye, but those are all experiences that we were like, oh, well, we made videos before with 5D Mark IIs, but mm-hmm. well, we can make videos for YouTube. Or DVX 100s. Yeah. Or, and then, or Sony VX 2000s. Exactly. Or Sony Hi8 TRV87s. Right. But, and the, the delivery platform and the format was completely different, which felt like a new venture, but you, you still had the foundation of like, I've made a video before. I know how Final Cut or Premiere works at the time it was Final Cut. Um, and I know my, how my camera works, but it still took us four years of making weekly videos, sometimes two and three videos a week to get to where we are now. And only now I feel like I'm finally thinking like, oh, I see a, a clear direction on where I want to take this and what I want to do with the rest, like with the next five years. Whereas like the, the previous five years was kind of just like, working and building skills and trying to figure out how YouTube works and how to improve my skills and how to learn how to color grade and how to learn how to tell stories and figuring out like how this can be a career option. Yep. But it's, it's constant pivot. Even in the last four years, we've been pivoting, you know, but, um, but going back to like, like cold Island, I I feel like cold, (laughs) cold Island ruined my life. You mean, Cold Island, the shoe company, or Cold Island, the Cold series? Island, the series. Because I, I mean that so in, link, the, link in the, the best way. Link to those videos in the show notes. Yeah, um, Cold Islands. It we are when we refer to Cold Island, the series. It's a six-part sort of travel documentary series that we released on YouTube. Yeah, that documented um, us flying a helicopter from Buffalo, New York, to St. John's, Newfoundland. Right, and the trials and tribulations that ensued. It was the first time. So when I say it ruined my life, I don't mean that in a negative way. I just think it, it solidified like it's, a little bit more of where I want to take things. It spoiled you. It spoiled me because like I always wanted to make a travel series, right? I, I talked about that before. And then we made this this series where we tried really hard. Like we worked so hard on that series. It, we, we planned the trip for like a year or more. And we we did a lot of planning and a lot of research. And then like the editing and everything, like filming everything, editing everything, branding everything. It, like it took a lot. It was a lot of effort. And now all I want to do is do more projects like that, like more longer format polished stuff because I was so content with putting up a vlog every week for three years. And then we made Cold Island and I was just like, wait, I want to, I want to do more like that. Um, More polished content. More polished content with, with like, it was so fun to like brand an entire content a piece of content like that, like a bigger project. Yeah. And then like do like designing all of like the Instagram stories and the trailers and the graphics and the teasers. And like, it was just like a full package deal and it was so much fun. And, and now you're a true graphic design. I know, but now I'm like not content with just making vlogs. Mm -hmm. And I think going back to like 2020 and why I was so disappointed is because I, I had this, like we had this other project that we wanted to work on that was not a series, but more of like a documentary type type film excuse me. And, uh, we were planning that for a long time. I was diving into like, you know, researching and, and figuring out what that was going to be and look like. And, and ultimately we, it couldn't happen because we couldn't travel. And, and it really kind of, it was upsetting. It was because I wanted to do it and I was like super motivated to do it. And 
in the end, we ended up pivoting and putting out The City That Changed Our Life, that short film we made, because I had to make something. I had to fill that void of not being able to make this documentary um, with something. And Link to that video in the show notes. Yeah, link to that in the show notes. And, and, and that helped. Making that was like super helpful because, A, I feel like it was a closure, a moment of closure from like a story that was pretty painful. Yeah, that... That story, we had talked about it a few times through different vlogs, mm-hmm. through Tuxedo Time before it was a podcast, when it was on a video. Like we, we talked about it in piecemeal fashion, but there never really was sort of a start to finish over, over you know, high level view of what the whole situation, how we ended up leaving Vancouver, not going back to St. John's and then coming to Buffalo, like right. how we ended up there. Yeah. Um, all in sort of one spot. Yeah. And that's kind of what that, the goal of that was. And I think, like you said, it was more of a, closure for us definitely it was a bit of a a therapeutic type thing so like not only did it fill the void of not being able to do this documentary that we've been looking forward to doing for like a year but um yeah it was like closure and it was like the final piece to just be like okay we don't need to talk about the story anymore no we're still talking about today but not (laughs) not as in depth you know it's like you don't feel as salty about it because it's just kind of done um but but again like that's another moment of pivoting like i'm we still are going to make this documentary we want to make I'm actually changed my mindset and, and kind of thankful that we didn't make it this year because after when we knew that we weren't going to be able to travel, I actually dove into Skillshare, not sponsored, and just started learning about documentary filmmaking and, and just trying to like learn what I could about that world. Give you more time to up your skills. Yeah, totally. And and I think now like had I had we just gone and done that last last year, I don't know like because we didn't go through the process of making that short film, The City That Changed Our Life, but like we went through and storyboarded that and scripted it and everything. And I learned so much from making that video yep. that I was like, wow, like it's kind of a good thing that we didn't go do the doc this year because I learned a lot from that and from watching these tutorials. And I feel like I just needed, needed to deep dive into watching a lot of the stuff and like analyzing things. So it's still like skills that I'm working on, but like you kind of take the disappointment and flip it. Like, how can we look at this in a more positive light? Yeah. Well, I think too, another takeaway is that as an outsider looking in, not me, but as somebody who's watching this, who is only familiar with the content that we've put up on our channel, mm-hmm. um, I hope they find it refreshing to hear that we've had pivot after pivot after pivot. Yeah. Because I know a lot of times when I look at other creators and other channels, in my head when they when you're watching their polished content that's just up there to consume it looks like they have everything so figured out yeah and so it's true. like oh this, this, they do exactly where they want to be and they're there you know they're, they're doing exactly what they, but you have no idea the pivots that they went through oh, too so true and yeah i think it's it's normal it's part of the process and especially given the last year yeah everybody had to pivot in some way shape or form and unfortunately some people you know lost loved ones yeah you know there's been so much death and despair it's around really this sad. they've lost jobs they're you know so in the grand scheme of things we're very lucky where we are definitely and to you know almost to 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 say that you know we were sad over because we didn't get to film a documentary it's like our life has a change we talked about earlier today you were saying how you know this has really hit you very hard because your daily routine, you know, how many videos can you, your job is to make videos and how many videos can you make in a house yeah. that, confi- that you feel confined to because you're doing your part to reduce COVID spread. Right. You know? And so it's, it's. And like, not only that, but like every day is an unknown when you come home from work, you're, you're doing procedures on COVID patients. You come home and you do your contaminated con- decontamination routine or you strip off and wash your clothes and get in the shower and stuff. But like, still like it's, it's terrifying not knowing if one of us, are going to like contra- contract it, you know, people see a certain, they see a certain life. Um, cause we don't put a lot of, of the negativity. Well, maybe we do now, but <laughs> we don't put a lot of like the, like the dark struggles on Instagram or on our stories or on our YouTube channel. Like there are a couple of videos from this year where we were like, Hey, look, this is how we're feeling. Um, and I think people are appreciative of like sharing that, but like, it's been a hard year and like, don't let Instagram fool you. Yes. We're very lucky and thankful that we have our health and our families and, and, we ended up so far making it to where we haven't had any, you know, losses. And it's really sad that it's happened to other people. My mental health has not been great. No. At all. And I'm going to throw something out there that is just completely real. Mm -hmm. People who own a helicopter cannot complain on the internet. Yes. That is, that is the, it's very hard to garner any sort of sympathy from anybody. Yeah when there's such an unrelatable element 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I get that. Yeah. I totally get that. Well, it's like, you know, you see like, okay, you have a helicopter in a house. Therefore, like your life is together and you're not struggling or you're not allowed to struggle. And I think that's part of it is like why I don't share a lot of stuff on the internet because I've read my fair share of comments on in the past about like, oh, you have a helicopter, therefore like insert whatever. Yeah. You're not allowed to make any money or, you know, you shouldn't be doing well, this sexist. thing. Well, yeah, it's sexist, but- <laughs> So it, it's hard to share like with you guys that I am, I am having a hard time, but I think in that also sharing and talking about it, it's like, you're not alone. Even with the house, we've been sharing a lot of photos of the house on Instagram and some people are like, oh, like, how do you keep your house so clean? I wish my house was clean like that. And I was like, you know what? Like, this is like not reality. Like you're seeing the corner of my house that's clean. We're all real people. And we all have messy houses and a lot of us don't have our shit together. And a lot of us are fucking struggling with our mental health, but we're putting stuff up on the internet, you know, in hopes to bring you some joy or some, you know, uh, escapism, I guess, from like the realities of this like shitty year. Mm-hmm. Yep. I don't know. Is that a really weird deep dive to go, like? No, I think it's perfectly real. And it's, that's, this is the 2020 to 2021 podcast transition podcast. Yeah. So I well, think that, yeah. That's, that kind of encapsulates how we felt about all this. Totally. And, you know, in the end of the day, we're doing better off than most people, which we're very, very thankful very for. Very thankful, yeah. But there are hard days. Totally, yeah. Anyway, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I just didn't want to sit here and be like, this is all the things that happened this year because I think it would be like. Which is kind of like the normal thing that social media people do at yeah. the end of a year. It's like, oh, let's do a recap of the year, everything we're thankful for, blah, blah, blah. It's yeah. like. And we are thankful for a lot, but I didn't want to sit here and be like, these are all of the things I accomplished because it makes just, it makes people feel like shit. Mm. You know, like I'm not going to sit here in front like this whole year was has been the best year because it hasn't been. You know, the, Great things have come out of this year. Simple things like onions. <laughs> you know what I mean? It took a global pandemic. To, for me to fall in love with onions. For Becky to find onions. And like every onion. Green onion, red onion, white onion, yellow onion. Pickled red onions. Pickled red onions. They're all good. We, we knew about pickled reds for a long time. But we did. We did. We, for the first time, made them ourselves. They're so good. But I guess like going into 2021, I have, I have my goals set out, but I, I've learned from last year to... Uh, probably try not to set myself up for disappointment again and just to kind of roll with the punches and, you know, like know that, yes, things are looking up for COVID, but also like things aren't really going to go back to normal anytime soon. Well, so. again, it's setting goals that you have control over versus yeah. goals you don't have control Attainable over. Attainable goals that you have control yeah, over. If your goal is to get vaccinated, that's not something you can control. No, 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 it's not. <laughs> it likely will happen, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you asked me earlier at the very beginning of this podcast what my predictions were. Yeah like what my take on it was. Yeah. And I think that until I devolved into a, a, a ramble, a rant, um, <laughs> I think that it's going to be slower rolling out than is hoped for. Yeah. Um, and I hope I'm proved wrong, but I don't think that we're going to see the widespread public vaccination starting until probably summer. Mm-hmm. And the, the problem we're going to have is that people aren't are going to treat the vaccine as like the magic bolt and they can just go back to normal. Yeah, it's not the case. And that's the problem because A, the the, the vaccine hasn't been shown to reduce trans transmission. It hasn't been shown not to reduce transmission, i.e. transmitting the, the virus through people. It's been, what it's been shown to do is reduce symptomatic COVID in the patients who receive it, mm-hmm. but it doesn't mean anything about them contracting and spreading the virus right. to other people. Mm-hmm. So it's still important to wear masks, still important to stay distanced. And also because, you know, they say 90%, 95% effective, there's still, you know, one in 10, one in 20 people who are not going to have a response to the vaccine. And they're still going to be a able to contract it themselves and be able to transmit it. Right. So it's not this, you know, it's not this, if you have a one in 10 chance of, of the vaccine not being effective, that's a pretty big number. That's a big number. From a vaccine number, it's, it's actually very good. Yeah. But from a just rolling the dice number, you wouldn't you wouldn't like put on a parachute if it's only a, a nine out of ten chance of working. You know, like yeah. you wouldn't just throw caution in the wind and not take other precautions. Right. So we're still going to have to work together as a society to you know maintain distance, keep wearing masks. Mm-hmm. But hopefully, what I'm hoping it will allow us to do is still, with all those precautions still in place, it'll allow us to get back to normal lives. Right. But you know, getting back to things you can't control. If say a scenario happens where the vaccine isn't as effective as advertised, combine that with the fact that people here seem to be 
there seems to be a lot of vaccine hesitant people here mm -hmm. and you don't get enough uptake to really get a handle of the vaccine. Plus people get more sick of, of they get more quarantine fatigue and they throw caution in the wind again, combined with the fact that to see everybody who has been vaccinated, they feel like, Oh, those people feel like, Oh, I don't have to do any precautions anymore. And then everybody sees everybody's back to normal yeah. and the virus continues to run rampant or smolder at a level that is unacceptable to other countries. Mm -hmm. And lo and behold, we're still in, stuck in the US where no other countries will let us in because we're a cesspool still with COVID. Right. And this could last for years. Oh, it, it, there is a scenario where that could happen. So I'm not saying, I'm not predicting that. Yeah. I'm just saying that we still have to be vigilant and we still have to treat it with respect mm -hmm. and we still have to do the right thing. Qu quick change in subject because I think we talked about this and I'm stressed. Um, <laughs> today, well, this week, I guess, marks one year of podcasting. Oh, happy one year anniversary. Happy Hold on now. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I know. Wait. Uh, applause? No. <laughs> no. Well, you did the monolith. Yes. That's, of course, the last one that I, put, I touched. Well, I think we need to get some labels on those. And yeah. we need, I think for this year, for 2021, we need to start programming some of some sounds in there. Yeah. For sure. Well, I know my favorite one is the sad trombone. Yeah. Or you know that one's the green one. Which is the green one, yeah. <laughs> yeah, one year. So we only managed to get 18 episodes up this year. <laughs> but you know what? We started and we got 18 episodes up this year. All right, anyway. <laughs> anyway, enough of that. Enough of that. Once again, guys, thank you so much for listening. Are we done? Yeah, I think so. Okay, thank you guys so much for listening. If you're watching on YouTube, let us know in the description. Nope. Let us know in the comments uh, what you'd like to hear this year, what you want us to deep dive on, talk about, argue about. And don't say aspirate air into your rectal cavity. Yeah, we're not going to demonstrate that one. And if Unless you're you really want us to. Well, <laughs> maybe you should start OnlyFans for that. Oh, my God. Um, if you're sure. Hit us up on Patreon for the yeah. behind-the-scenes content yeah, of Chris aspirating air. Chris's butthole. Um, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, uh, rate, review, and subscribe. Five stars only, please. Um, but also, it does help our podcast uh, get recommended to other people so if you you know leave us a little a little rating ditty and keep in mind this is rated explicit so don't base don't base your uh your review on the swearing because you are warned true thank you so much for sticking around with us throughout this entire shitty year fingers crossed that 2021 is a little bit better and uh we just have a camera that died so cool we're gonna end it there you go right. bye-bye happy new year